I had originally planned for everyone to still be asleep, but uh, now all of a sudden Kate is with her family uh, plotting out their Disney vacation for a month from now, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of noise. <laughs> oh, that's but, cool. Uh, yeah. Do you guys? Okay. Do you guys? Do you guys? Do you guys go down for a long time? Do you go for a week, or do you just go for a couple of days? Or uh, I think they're going for. I think it's. I think it's a solid seven or eight days. Wow. There you go. Yeah, they they take that stuff real serious. <laughs> I haven't been uh, since I was a kid. <laughs> I've been. <laughs> I envy you, honestly. I've been there like four or five times now in the course of my life. I want to see galaxies, but I don't know. It's probably a lot of people. I've heard it's less people now. That's good. Okay, let me uh, start up the theme song, and then I'm going to move to a quieter room, and we can just go ahead and hammer this out. Cool, cool. All right. the part of, of editing magic, all of a sudden I'm in a quieter room where there is still a dog and a baby following my legs. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about you. <laughs> He's very excited. He's very excited. He likes playing with Special Lennon. guest on the podcast. <laughs> Featuring Lennon. Welcome back. Featuring <laughs> Do you think, well, what if the Beatles were called the Beatles, featuring Lennon? Well, be... <laughs> uh, maybe in that Yesterday movie, that would be a fun alternate reality. Yeah. I didn't, see, right. I didn't see that movie. Uh, Kate did. Good? Bad? Um, I don't know. She she wasn't quick to tell me anything about it, which in Kate's language is usually it wasn't very good, but mm. it was an interesting premise at least. Yeah, seemed unique. Um Huh? Oh, Zach was just asking what you thought of that yesterday movie. It was good? You didn't talk my ear off about it, so I just assumed that it was bad. My boy White Josh was there. <laughs> Zach's marking out about the appearance of White Josh. Well, okay then. Mm hmm. That was a good part. <laughs> okay. Alright. Seems like you got a busy household there, Doug. Uh, I sure do. I, I sure do. <laughs> All right. Yes. 
You were all old people? Uh, Kay went to the uh, Rachel Bloom show in Chicago last night. That's cool. Um, was she was she promoting Angry Birds too? <laughs> film? Zach asked if she was promoting uh, Angry Birds too. There. Nope, not even to mention. Not even to mention. <laughs> she said That's she cool. made a lot of new friends. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I hope she made friends with White Josh. It seems like a... I mean, it wasn't a super popular show, but it, I think it had a pretty solid fan base. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, at least it... Uh, no room is safe. <laughs> I've always, I've always enjoyed her YouTube videos before the show, with like Funny or Die. Ooh, does a lot of good. Hips she did a lot of good content fan. with that. Millennial <laughs> Rachel Bloom fan over here. Yeah, I like Millennial Rachel Bloom before she was. Um, I think it's definitely my thing of like. Uh, I think the one work uh, work that she has that I do consistently enjoy is that uh, that album she did before she got picked up by Crazy Ex Girlfriend, Please Love Me or whatever it is. But that yeah. one has most of her YouTube songs on it. Um, can't even. I'm blanking on some of the names, but um, uh, well, there's Fuck Me, Ray Bradbury. There's uh, yeah, Fuck Me, Ray Bradbury. Touch my, you can touch my boobs. Um. What's the one where it's like I have too many cats? Like, oh, I I steal pets. I steal pets. I yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then of course there's the the classic jazz fever. I don't know that one too well. It's the, it's the <laughs> disease you get from too much jazz. Jazz oh. fever. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. I think my favorite line that she has. If she's, I don't know what song it is, don't remember, but it's like some, she's trying to like hit on a guy who's like, I don't know, kind of an asshole. And she says, something, 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 I want to choke on your, your cock shirtness. <laughs> I'm like, that's all right, that's, that's a way to make it past the censors there, Rachel. <laughs> Then uh, oh, what's that other one where she uh, just posts random pictures of this dude's penis on the internet? Is basically <laughs> what she just keeps saying that she's gonna do. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I her apparently her show is supposed to be picked up by Showtime. Um, like there was some talks, and it was gonna have a similar cast, similar uh, premise. And then Showtime dropped it or whatever, and then CW picked it up. But it would have been kind of cool to see what type of stuff she could have done. If she didn't have to like fight the censors all the time. Yeah. Well, plus you know Showtime was too busy funding Fifty Cent's terrible Power Show, so you know that their hands were busy. It's fine. Never saw that. Uh, the first. Three seasons are really good. The next three seasons are not great, and the last two seasons are actually awful. <laughs> wow. 
uh, especially a part where someone somehow commits a full murder of a key witness in a federal courtroom and somehow escorts their dead body out of the building and away with not a single person or camera seeing them. Wow. And then there's a part where two dudes smoke another dude's ashes in remembrance of them. Uh, oh, okay. And it's not played for laughs. That's a dead serious scene. <laughs> um, I think the only thing Showtime's really got for it is uh, Shameless. That's probably the most more popular show right now. Is Shameless still going? Shameless is still going. They... Uh, they just did, I don't know, six months ago, they did season nine, or maybe like eight months ago, but uh, yeah, that's still, I haven't seen any uh, cancellation news or anything. For, for me, it's just a case of like, that show is such, that show is such like, I think it's really good, but it's actually the exact thing that sparked that dumb argument that me and Brandon were having of, do you prefer half-hour increment shows or hour-long increment shows? Mm -hmm. In which case, like, I just desperately wish that show was half-hour-long segments because, like, my brain just can't keep focusing on that show for a full hour of an episode. I just keep, like, eventually, like, past the 30-minute mark, I actually start pausing to see how much I have left. Yeah, it definitely... It really depends for me. Like, so, uh, do, do you watch The Walking Dead? You used to. Used to. Um, I still watch it when on um, uh, when it comes out on like Netflix. Yeah. And some see because it's that forty-two minutes. Some seasons. I'm not gonna lie, they're they are a real drag, and I keep checking the time. <laughs> but then you know, and then I can if it's a good storyline or something going on, I can I can I could hold out. You can dig um, it. Yeah. So it really depends. Okay. Well, I guess since no. we're in the shits and actually, uh, sorry, yes. Well, I didn't know. Well, I was going to ask if you had anything specific you want to talk about. Um, oh yeah, I've got I've got like an actual like like laundry dump list of like shit I have watched or like random bits of news I thought would be interesting to talk about. I guess that's okay. helpful for us only putting out an episode once every blue moon. Is you actually right. have a healthy list of <laughs> things to talk about? That's fair. Um, but uh, let's see. I guess I'll just uh, do the little intro bit here since we're already like <laughs> a couple of minutes in at this point. Hi, everybody. Thanks for continuing to watch and listen. And welcome to the show, to Floating Upstream, the only podcast on the internet. I am here with, oh boy, uh, my favorite white suit that I only wear for special occasions. It's Zach Nash. Hello, everybody. Again, yes, thank you for to keep listening uh, <laughs> as we ramble about the, um, the, the ever complicated facets of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It, it, I think it's kind of fun to start like off kilter. Sometimes a rolling start is fun sometimes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so Zach, 
Have you been watching anything of note recently? A uh, few things uh, I want to bring up. Um, so, I so there's three there's three projects that I've been into and what kind of watching over the past three weeks. I haven't been watching too much, but uh, there's this uh, limited series on Netflix called The Island, and um, if you look it up on Rotten Tomatoes, it's currently sitting at a zero percent. <laughs> and um, it's basically um, it's like The Room if it had a, a, a television series it's so terrible that it's addicting to watch is um, it intentionally so or not intentionally so I think they try to put on a good I think they try to show that's the vibe I'm getting like they're right. trying to make like an interesting lost style show, but man, it's oh, oh, it's literally supposed to be like lost. Yeah, kind like kind of like you could tell like that's where they're going for, but they're like trying to be like it's lost but different. But gotcha. it's, it's just bad. It's Island, you said. Yeah, it's the I uh, hyphen land. Gotcha. Um, interesting. So very interesting. Um, I've been watching um, the Righteous Gemstones over on HBO. Um, How is that? I I've only seen a few episodes, but it's really enjoyable. It's really well acted. Uh, I I usually like Danny McBride's uh, work, so um, you know I. It's just another good show that he's putting out. Can't complain. And yeah, I, I had somebody uh, recommend that show to me, and it sounded interesting. I just didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I saw, I, I saw this yesterday. Enjoyed it. Uh, uh, Between Two Ferns has a Netflix film now, and uh, I enjoy oh, the right. I enjoy the director. Uh, Scott Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang. I enjoy his work a lot, and he directed this movie. And it's basically a, a night. It's like an eighty-eight minute between two ferns sketch. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's just really good. It's a really good. Uh, it's a really good movie um, if you're into that type of comedy. So that's been on my radar. I wonder why on earth. There were so many talks about Between Two Ferns on my timelines. Like, <laughs> that's why. I was actually confused. Okay, that's why. All right, then. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so you can tell how old, it, when the last time we recorded an episode is, considering the top of my list here. I saw Toy Story 4. Oh, you did? I did. So what were your thoughts? I... I really enjoyed it. Um, I I don't know. Um, I've I've said that I don't hate that movie. It's really more I've said this in the past that Toy Story four and Billy Elliot make me feel like the old man in the room. In which um, in which like I sit down, I watch the same thing as everyone else, and I come out of the room like mildly un unamused, as opposed to dramatically amused 
That's fair. Um, I I don't know. I th- I thought it could have. They could have ruined it, but they oh didn't. totally. But like, I think it's more that like my brain was just having a really hard time watching that movie anyway because Toy Story three felt like such a perfect like period at the end of the three paragraphs that is the story of Toy Story. That like then all of a sudden going oh but there's another paragraph afterwards. I I don't know. It was just my brain like having trouble dealing with that. That's fair. I you know they could have took it in a lot of different ways. The Toy Story four, but I did enjoy seeing you know, and I'm 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 open minded on these things. Like I don't. As long as it's a good movie, I don't really care. Like, yeah, I didn't really want it to happen when it started happening, but once I watched the movie, I started enjoying the movie. And I liked Woody's arc, and I liked that there were kind of consequences at the end of the movie. Um, you know, things have changed a little bit, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Definitely, there was some thought and time put into it, I think. Oh, I'm not disputing that, and I like everything they did with Bo Peep. I think they made her a much more interesting character all of a sudden, even though I did also... That was another thing that was kind of hard for my brain to accept, was I was just... In Toy Story 3, I already had to make my peace with the weird fucking plot hole that that Bo Peep just doesn't fucking exist in that movie. Yeah. Like, at all. Yeah. No, I feel you there. Um... So, like, now all of a sudden having to realign my brain to go, no, she did exist, and <laughs> this is them retconning the, I guess, them forgetting to animate her. Have I was trying to Google around the time I got out of the theater with that movie about if there was ever an explanation as to why Bo Peep was not in the third movie, and as far as I know, I couldn't find anything that's explained at all why. Yeah, I don't know if it was... Um... I don't know if it had to do with, um, like, the voice actress not being available. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they were having some kind of dispute with her contract or something. Maybe. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's out there. We'll probably get a Toy Story 5. It's just uh, the world we live in. <laughs> I don't want to live in this world. <laughs> yeah. Um cuz okay. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the the movie's fine. Uh I think every scene with that uh with that uh duck and rabbit I think is pretty great. Um Well, yeah, we got you got Key and Peel. Yeah. And uh every scene with um I know isn't it Brad Pitt voicing that that fucking uh that Canadian like No, no, no. It's my boy Keanu Reeves. Oh, it is Keanu Reeves. Uh, but yeah, every scene with him and every scene with uh, Key and Peele, those, those parts are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I know that those are really good. Um, I did know that um, Rashida Jones was work, I think she wrote the script or part of the script for that movie. Really? Yeah, and she's done a lot of work with Disney Pixar. Um, she also wrote, um, and, or co-wrote, um, uh, um, what 
was it Inside Out? Was that the movie? Really? Yeah. Okay. And just recently, she left Disney, um, basically okay. saying she didn't feel like it was. There were. It, she felt like it wasn't a good place for diver, div, uh, diverse people, hmm. like people of different ideas and people of color. So there's that. Okay then. I'll need to watch. I didn't know she had hands in that. Uh, Inside yeah. Out is maybe my favorite Disney movie they've put out in a decade. So. Yeah, that was a really, that was a good movie. That was a really good movie. I I love that movie because it teaches a lesson that most kids' movies don't teach you. That it's okay to be sad. That it's that your life is not always going to be good, and that's okay. Yep. And it's uh, not, and you shouldn't hide away from that. Uh, emotion. Everything is a is a growing and learning experience. That's her top rated movie on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I'm not surprised by that. They got a 98. Who hated that movie? <laughs> I hope it's just some random dude that's like that's like Tom.com or something. <laughs> it got okay. So it got 357 reviews. 350 of them were fresh. Seven of them were rotten. <laughs> I'd love to know what on earth any of those say. Um, no toilets in the movie. Zero out of ten. Uh, no titties. No titties. <laughs> this is from Camilla Long of the Sunday Times UK. It strains, it scuffles, it barely keeps the ball in the air. Like a desperate, aging clown, the studio that made Toy Story painfully aware that it must come up with something ever more dazzling. Three out of five. <laughs> wow. Steve. Well, on, on top of everything else, that she gave it a higher rating than it sounded like she even <laughs> felt about it in the first place. Julian Roman of Movie Web said inside <laughs> of Movie Web. This sounds like a Russian. That sounds uh, awesome. Inside Out is a sad, emotionally loaded like a faucet. Note to Pixar and Disney. Please go back to making films that are more fun than not. I don't want to oh, be bummed out watching a kid's film. Oh, she doesn't like that it made her feel feelings? The movie made me sad. <laughs> not that part where, uh, not that part where, uh, uh, Simba's dad died. That just got my dick hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I didn't feel sad at that part. I was like, ooh, dinner. Ooh, dinner. But no, I don't know. That's a good, Disney Pixar is usually pretty good. Pretty on the up and up. I think. I think like the one thing that was ever like hard for me to decide in my mind was uh, when Zootopia came out, and I really love Zootopia too. And I had to like wrestle my brain about which one I like more between Inside Out and Zootopia. I and I know it's like, I mean, it like you know won the the Oscar that year. It's highly critically acclaimed. Um, I think it's probably did well at the box office. But I don't feel like a lot of people talk about Zootopia much anymore. 
I hate that too because like coming out of that movie, like I think that movie is a fucking ten on ten for like acting and scripting and like yeah. even just general direction and like art assets and everything. Um, yeah, it's such a creative film. Um, and it but... has like so many like little references to older films and stuff like that, and fun like animator inside jokes, like the uh, the fucking animal nudist colony. Yes, that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and well and it did well financially I'm just looking at it it made like 341 million dollars wow um, but you know I, I don't okay so that came out in 2016 and even before the, the sequel I I just felt like no one was talking about Zootopia, but kids are still talking. Yeah, that and Disney's way too busy making that fucking Frozen 2 come out, what, like seven years later? Yeah. The trailer for that reminds me of, like, a Marvel film. It like, really does. It's like this big action set, like, set pieces, and it's like, with our powers combined... <laughs> Yeah, we're getting the gang back together. I'm really curious to see what on earth that movie even turns out to be. Considering, like, I'm still very thoroughly under the impression that they never planned on Frozen exploding as much as it did. No, I don't. I think, think so that either. was just some throwaway three out of five that they were like, "Ah, oh, fucking animate that one." I guess I don't care. We need to fill this 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 uh, fucking winter release well, schedule. You know, I think they they saw that um, Tangle did well, and they're like, okay, let's keep going on that track. I think they kind of got lucky and got some good people in there, and uh, like you know, the composing team did, has done a lot of good music outside of Disney. Um, the, the guys who wrote the music in Frozen are also the guys who wrote, or the guy and the his him and his wife. Well, he was involved in uh, the music for Avenue Q. And the Book of Mormon. Nice. Nice. So, you know, he's got some talent. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see here. Uh, continuing to date myself uh, with the things on my list here. Uh, I saw Lion King. Oh, you did? <laughs> I, I did. I didn't, I didn't catch that one yet. What were your um, thoughts? So, so I'll have to I'll have to work backwards here slightly. Um, I think the acting is really good. Um, I don't think there's a bad actor in the bunch. I think it's slight slightly bullshit that James Earl Jones is the only person that gets to reprise their role from the previous film. Yeah, but no love for time, Whoopi Goldberg. No love for Whoopi. <laughs> they didn't even entertain the idea of texting her. Um. But, uh, yeah, um, I think uh, I think most of the acting is pretty good. I, I appreciate the direction they went with the casting choices this time around because it was clearly someone with a very specific idea in mind. Um, but, uh, so, working backwards from there, um, the plot itself is literally just the original Lion King film um, to the point that there are several 
multiple, multiple, multiple that the all I would sum I would sum this up at like around eighty percent of this movie is almost frame for frame just Lion King again. Yeah, that's kind of what it looked like to me. Except with, like, marginally less entertaining uh, musical renditions because there's nothing, like, fantastical happening on the screen. So the only thing that I know about The Lion King is the music because I listen to the soundtrack. And um, a couple of their renditions seem similar. It was weird when I got to be prepared a minute and 20 seconds long. And I was like, (laughs) oh... Okay, this is what they're doing here. <laughs> um, I like that they included some songs from the Broadway version. Um, and what's that Elton John song that, like, it's like the new Elton John song that was pretty popular from that film? Oh, uh, um, it's like pretty, it's got a good beat to it. Um, I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess really my my number one criticism about that movie is a the exact same criticism I've had of most of these live action Disney remakes is just you're making the same movie over again, and I don't see why I'm supposed to be like excited about that. Yeah. So the so song is never too late. Um, it's never too never, late. Oh yeah, yeah okay. But I agree. I mean, I just. That's why I didn't go and see it. It just, I saw the trailer. It didn't really look like, and honestly, like, the idea of, like, that style of animation, I I don't know. It looked, it just looked off to me. Like, it didn't look very interesting to me. Um, And that's the other thing is like, there are two other factors that affected my impressions of this movie, like out the gate. One, after we saw that the live action movie in theaters, we went back home and popped in our Blu-ray of uh, the original Lion King and watching it again, I actually realized I like the original Lion King more than I thought I did. No, yeah, it's, it's really good. And, um, it could, it's, I think the one thing, maybe the new one was trying was like scale like I can imagine putting in a lot of money to making it seem epic you know this African um, safari but the first one did that pretty damn well I mean well it also doesn't help it doesn't hurt that like the original Lion King there are fucking 45 colors on the screen every frame of that movie <laughs> it is so yeah. colorful and just gorgeous looking and don't get me wrong here. This live-action Lion King movie, if you break it down just in terms of, like, sheer art assets, this is maybe the most gorgeous thing that has ever existed. Like, you can see the individual grains of dirt that that these fake lions are imprinting on the earth as they walk. Um... Like, there, there is an absurd amount of detail, even though they actually go out of their way to not render their shadows, which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, really? Huh. <laughs> well, because the, the shadows would need up additional uh, uh, rendering speed, so it probably would have taken more time, so it's easier to just angle down the camera slightly. It's the same trick where you don't actually... Uh, where you render the camera up slightly. This applies to video games, too, but uh, basically you 
position the camera in a way to make it so you don't have to show their feet or where they're walking. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, and and my one other thing I'll say about it is with a realistic art style like this, the number one thing that I thought was weird about watching the movie is that it's really fucking weird to watch a realistic, a realistically rendered lion talk like a person. <laughs> Because their faces, like that, since their mouth flaps move to the audio and everything, like uh, it's a, a lion's face is not constructed to speak English properly. So, like watching it contort its face like that is really strange and off. Yeah, yeah. Where like the the animation style, the original kind of lends to you believing that lions can actually. Like it's because it's an animated film. It's it embraces that, and it's and it's abstracted in a way that you can immediately make an A to B in your head of of sure. They're at least they're not speaking English. They're communicating with each other. So the Lion King sits at a whopping fifty three percent tomatoes. I can see that. But and here's the kicker. I just Googled this. Uh, remember that Lion King movie, The Lion King One and a Half? Yes. Um, so that, you know, fun little side film came yeah. out 10 years later. That's got a 76 on Rotten Tomatoes, so. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is pretty great. Um, well, plus I love Lion King One and a Half because it's a fun play on... Uh, what was that fucking... What was that side play that somebody did on uh because uh on those two hamlet characters that disappear after the beginning of hamlet um, um it's i thought i thought it was a play titus andromedus yeah 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 is that it yeah or something like that since uh since lion king is basically hamlet yeah um, and it's you know it was it's it's just a fun movie Oh. It is. Um, the one other thing I will say, and I think this was just more of an unavoidable like side effect of m- making the art style change that they did, is uh, watching the lions fight in this art style is actually like immediately upsetting to watch. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they probably just look like real lions. Two real animals beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, that's basically what it is. And now there's like malicious intent behind what they're doing as opposed to just hunger or territory fighting. So, so like, yeah, it's just a case of like all of a sudden you're introducing animal fighting to a generation of kids that might not have known what the hell that is. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. So that's the Lion King. So that's the Lion King. For all you fans out there, that's our hot take on the Lion King. Of fifty three percent. That's that's our review. <laughs> when did that movie come out? It was sometime. Was it July? I think so. I think it's probably still gonna be in theaters for a little bit. Unless they've already pulled it. It's July nineteenth, twenty nineteen. Hmm. It comes out on, um, you know, DVD and Blu-ray on the 11th yes, of October. Ah, gotcha. 
Uh, let's see here. Okay, I got a couple of uh, shorter ones here I can throw out. Uh, finally saw Happy Time Murders. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Is that the puppet one? That is the puppet one. That is the puppet murder mystery film with... Um, Melissa um, McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy, yes. Thank you. What'd you, what'd you think? I liked that movie a lot. Um, I think... I actually really get the sense that people were overly mean to that movie. Yeah, it's. It, I don't remember it doing well and like people shitting on it, but I mean, like, I felt like they were just trying to have a fun. Someone had an interesting idea of doing like an R rated Muppets, and some of the jokes didn't land quite there, but. Well, yeah, sure, but also, like, every single weird sex scene with all those puppets is maybe my favorite thing I've seen in a film in, like, five years. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's really funny. That scene with the cow and the octopus replays in my mind occasionally <laughs> while I'm just sitting somewhere. Oh, man. And, like, yeah, that movie's just fun, and the puppetry was done by Jim Henson's son... And, uh, it just, I, I don't know. I think, th- yeah, like, I think the actual, like, script is, like, a three out of five, like, kind of nothing. But, like, I don't know. I feel like people were overly harsh to that movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, Let's so. Here. Yes. Well, the only thing I was going to bring up, and I want to get off track, uh, and this is a little more recent, but the uh, Emmy Awards are tomorrow night. They are right now tonight. Tonight, sorry. Yes. And I was reading through the list of the people who already won, like for some of the creative art stuff. And uh, Caitlin would find this interesting. Crazy ex-girlfriend won for uh, best. I want to find it, but it's like best choreography for a scripted program. <laughs> that that award is a favor. Somebody called that in. Well. Let me, I, I got it, I'm getting it right now, but they were awesome. Okay, so it was Outstanding Choreography for Scripted Programming, uh, but they were the only ones that were nominated. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's a favor. That's a favor somebody called in. Because they that give out, like, some of, like, the minor to people, um, like before the award ceremony, uh, and I saw that. So they haven't done the big ones yet, but we'll see. She also uh, she also announced that she was pregnant uh, when she was accepting that award. Who? Uh, Rachel Bloom. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. She got that Angry Birds money now. <laughs> yeah, she can retire. <laughs> She can afford uh, one semester at a, at a major university. Well, that's... I, I know there was some actress from, like, the most recent Star Wars film who just paid off her student loans with her Star Wars money. <laughs> Which is like, all right, well, not a bad idea. You see, Zach, you should have accepted that role for Star Wars. <laughs> I was just so busy at the time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe next time. Yeah, I'll, I'll catch him later. Star Wars episode thirteen. They'll be they'll be ready and waiting for you. 
Spooky Star Wars. Solo three. You'll be you'll be all about. Didn't they stop doing those? Uh, they've at least said that they are taking a break after this next uh, major release. They are actually going to take at least a year off or two, so that's good. At least isn't their next solo going to be uh, Obi Wan or or no? You're saying like after this next Star Wars movie take? Uh, after Episode Nine, they've openly said they're going to stop with like theatrical releases for at least a little while, but that's not counting those like three fucking Star Wars TV shows they announced or whatever. So, oh right. Have you seen the? Sorry, we're trying to knock it off track here, but have you seen that full list that uh, Disney put out for what their launch lineup is going to be for Disney Plus? Yeah, well, I saw, um, I saw all of the. Uh... Marvel stuff, which I thought was really interesting. Um, yeah, they have like the fucking. Uh, I think I saw like the like ninety five Iron Man movie in there too, or something. I was like, what the? Oh, fuck? really? Yeah. <laughs> um, weird non canon shit. I, I think they have both Hulk movies on there. And I'm like, I don't know why you would have any of those on there, considering you retconned both of those in the amount of time it took for the Avengers to come out. Nostalgia. I guess. Uh, nost- hey, man, I'm nostalgic way harder for their TV shows lineup anyway. So what is... I'm trying to pull it up. They have, they have both. I know they got, uh, like, what kind of vision, which seems interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was what was it? Falcon, it's like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, Falcon and Captain America, or something. I forget. So yeah, yeah, maybe it was, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a series. They should have called it Captain America and Captain America. Then <laughs> um, Wakanda Vision, which I think it's it's cool that they're because like the other. The Netflix ones, they were definitely, like, low budget. But yeah. you can't have, like, a Wakanda... Like, you can't have, you know, a Vision solo movie without there being some level of good special effects. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, Then Loki, which will be interesting. Um... I bet it's probably that alternate universe Loki that uh, that gets the time cube or whatever. Um, Hawkeye. Um, That's the one I'm like the least interested in of anything. Yeah. Well, and then the one I'm most interested in, which. Um, Sorry, which one? It's called What If. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 I'm very excited about that. I love the What If comics, so the prospect of having a TV adaptation of that is very exciting. Is there a um, is there a, one of the more recent Marvel films? So right coming out, they got Black Widow, The Eternals, Shang Fu, and The Legend of the Ten Rings, yeah. Doctor Strange, Multiverse Madness, Thor: Love and Thunder, and Blade. Out of all of those, is there anyone that you're really excited for? 
Um, I'm very excited for the new Doctor Strange movie because I enjoyed the first Doctor Strange a lot, and they've actually said that this is going to be the first uh, of their produced Marvel films that can actually be filed under horror as the genre. Oh, cool. Um, And I also think that this is going to be their way of, A, setting up an easy bridge for all of a sudden X-Men and mutants all of a sudden existing. And it'll also yeah. be a very easy way for them to kill off uh, to kill off Spider-Man. <laughs> well, though, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> no, Sony got so much shit after that that they were ba- like the first time they were like, "Okay, Spider-Man's done," and then they got shit on Twitter, and then they're like, "Well, we could still co- we could still talk. Well, you know, we're still in negotiations, so." We'll see, but, uh, and the one other thing I will say is everybody liked to shit on Sony about this, but um, I would like to point out to anyone that is not aware of Disney's habits with video game properties, but Disney is very quick to kill off any business arrangement that does not give them a sufficient amount of money. That's fair. It's totally fair. Fair. Happy birthday, Disney Infinity fans. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, I'm the most interested in seeing Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, I'm sure that movie's going to be great. That's I'm slightly well, less interested in that, mostly because of um, because I'm sure that's going to be great because I think it's still what TT is uh, directing. Yeah, especially um, after he gets all that uh, <laughs> Hitler JoJo <laughs> weird movie money. What movie is that? Oh, have you not seen the trailer for that, JoJo? Um, it's a comedy Hitler film about Hitler running like a a fucking uh, a camp, like a a children's like camp, summer camp, in the middle of Nazi Germany. Okay, definitely, this is added to my. Uh, <laughs> this is, oh yeah, okay. Remember, and Taika Waititi is the is the main character. There's actually interviews where he has explained how on earth he was able to get major funding to get, make this movie. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, I'll have to watch that. But what's um, interesting is that Natalie Portman is back. Yep. And they're going to try to do, like, defeat. Like, that is either going to go really well or really not so well. But we'll we'll see. I'll be curious to see it. I love female Thor, so so I'm down for that at least. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Marvel's got something going for him. Yeah, for once. It, it's fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, let's see here. Here's a couple of quick bangers. A couple of shitty shit, shitty movies that I saw. Um, scary stories to tell after dark. Real bad? Uh, real, 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 real bad. Um, in which case, like... Okay, so did you ever see the movie Trick or Treat? That horror movie from, like, I want to say, like, 2007 or 8? And so basically it's just... Trick or Treat? Huh? What was it called? Trick or Treat. It came out in 2007? I think. Because there's, like, a... There's a one from the 80s that I'm seeing pop up. But no, no, so I haven't seen it. 
Okay, so uh, basically the way that movie is structured is it's just a bunch of uh, short stories that are not directly connected to one another. And um, and that is actually a fairly similar comparison to Scary Stories to Tell After Dark, is it's just a book of random collections of short horror stories. And this movie then instead goes, but what if the book of scary stories to tell after dark was haunted and it's actually telling the stories in real time? And also, what if we just insert a bunch of weird shit that is not in that book at all? Interesting. <laughs> Especially my favorite one and probably the new poster child for, for best horror villain of the monster of the year, uh... Dodi Ding Jong Walker. <laughs> and for anyone that's curious to know what that is, that's a giant naked man that says Dodi Ding Jong Walker <laughs> while he slowly walks up to you and punches your head off. Interesting. And he can just kind of take his body parts off himself. <laughs> so was it it was it was not rated so was it was it like a hard r movie was it for kids like uh no definitely not like one of the on screen murders is like literally nothing like it's maybe the weirdest scene in that movie in which a giant smiley fat ghost thing just kind of walks up and hugs him and just kind of absorbs him and it's this really weird like almost stop motion scene and and then it just kind of ends and that's that uh that that movie's really fucking weird and also it doesn't help that like they literally show the page with the wendigo which is easily the most notable story from scary stories to tell after dark and god forbid they actually show that one they sure don't and then it ends in a weird way, like they're gonna solve, they're gonna cure the book virus or whatever the hell. It ends like a fucking Resident Evil movie, and it confused me. Okay, I kind of want to yeah. check it out now, though. I mean, I know you said, good, but I... <laughs> oh yeah, man, you gotta you gotta see all that Dota Dean Jong Walker <laughs> hotness. God I'm damn, just saying that sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see here another shitty movie the sun is also a star the sun is also a star and it's sun is in like the sun not my son okay um boy uh this is a run-of-the-mill uh like millennial love movie or whatever teen romance yeah. movie I'm just looking at the poster. Is it kind of like a fault in the stars? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't even talk to me about fucking Paper Towns. Paper Towns (laughs) is one of the most unpleasant experiences I've ever had sitting in a theater. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, that was was not a fun time, but uh, it's fine. Um... So yeah, it's just one of those run-of-the-mill uh, teen romance films, and it definitely doesn't help that like I really honestly felt like the the 
the female and male love interests in this movie had literally like anti charisma with each other. Like I felt no connection between their relationship at all. Um, they felt like two actors that showed up to act at each other. Uh, interesting. And like, yeah, like they just genuinely felt like not real, real people. And they also felt very unpleasant and not really in a uh, silver linings playbook way of digging through the hole of a truly shitty person and finding something beautiful to hold on to. It's really just a case of it felt like watching two really shitty people interact with each other. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it looks pretty mediocre. Probably will never see it. It was bad. It hurt my brain. I don't know why Kate watched it, but she did. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, that is the last of the things that I have been watching. Uh, I do have a couple of quick bits of news here that we can fly through. Sure. Uh, let's see here. First off, did you hear Eddie Murphy's returning to film? Uh, yeah. I But yes, ladies and gentlemen, continuing to age myself with showing off how old my list is here, Eddie Murphy is returning to film with Dolomite is the name. Uh, Zach, do you have any uh, reference or experience with Dolomite? No, uh, my experience with Dolomite is limited. You should watch... Huh? No, sorry, go ahead. Uh, you should watch a Dolomite movie because all of them are very funny. <laughs> Can you... I thought that was like a substance or something. A su- what? What am I thinking of? I don't know. Oh, are you oh, are you talking about... Um, are you talking about from uh, uh, um, uh, Black Dynamite? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. <laughs> it gives you... It gives you... So Dolomite, so um, Dolomite is my name. Is it currently at ninety-seven percent in Rotten Tomatoes? It doesn't even fully exist yet. <laughs> Does it not? Uh, it's not on Netflix yet. Oh, is it a Netflix film? It is a Netflix film, but they were doing early showings in theaters. It's in, so it's in theaters. October 4th, and then streaming October 25th. So it's coming out soon. Yeah. I, I'm i just very excited to see Eddie Murphy in an acting role again. And he had said for, for like almost a decade that he would come back at the time in which he ca- he found a role that felt important to him. And I love, I love that the first one he's coming back for is a fucking biopic kind of comedy thing about the character of Dolomite. So I'm very excited. Black exploitation film is a, a very special place in my heart. So, there was a, a film Eddie Murphy did about seven years ago. Oh, really? Because um, it came out in Dr. 2012. Dr. But it, it came out in 2012, but it was filmed in 2008. It's called A Thousand Words. Okay. And the premise of the joke... The premise is... Eddie Murphy can only say a thousand more and then he'll die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but what I love about this film, well, okay, so he's a fast-talking literary 
who can close any deal, anytime, any way. But then he meets a new age guru who sees that he's selfish. And uh, through, I guess, voodoo powers, um, basically gives him a thousand words left or whatever. I don't know. But the greatest thing about it is it's got a 0% Rotten Tomatoes, which is like, <laughs> very difficult to do. Uh, ask, ask Dave Chappelle. He did it effort, effortlessly. <laughs> did he? Oh, have you not seen the uh, the the attempted cancellation of uh, Dave Chappelle for his new stand-up special? No, I saw the new special. It was pretty good. I mean, I had no problems with it. Yeah, I thought it was great, especially the part about the alphabet people. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, he's it's a comedian. A com- he's, he's making It's a comedy special. Like, why are you getting mad at a comedy special when, like, part of his goal is to make you upset? Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. And I felt like he was having, he was talking about transgender people in the most recent, um, like in his comedy special a few years back, not a few years back, but just like two or three years back. And I don't know why it's like such a big deal this time. I know, right? Yeah, Edge, uh, his sticks and stones got a 35%. Yep. Which I thought it was. I thought I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'm kind of lenient on comedy. I, a lot of comedy shows, I just kind of like. Um. I don't know. Well, then again, they're also trying to do the same thing with Bill Burr's new special too. And again, I just don't. I, just I don't saw know. that too, and I knew people were gonna freak. But I thought it was pretty funny. Like, I was. I was laughing. Yeah. And it seemed like it was very similar to his other specials. I don't know. I don't understand people. It's just, I know that's because my sister's big in the Reddit community. And there's like these subgroups where if you make fun of like one specific thing, like the group will boycott the show. Not boycott, but just like not watch it and say you shouldn't be watching it because it's transphobic or you shouldn't be watching it because it's racist or but I just think they're kind of missing the point yeah completely agree uh, let's see here. okay I got two more quick news stories and then uh, we can do uh, we can do uh, series spotlight and then we can get out of here all right sounds good Okay, so uh, another quick one. Did you see? Uh, do you? Okay, so do you recall the show Good Eats? Yeah, yeah, it was a good show. Did you see that Good Eats has returned recently? No, did not see that. Yeah, they uh, they have started airing new episodes, and they have actually uh, they have a YouTube channel up where they're doing like behind the scenes or like kind of like blooper reel stuff between episodes. Okay, so that's fun. Uh, let's see here. And then probably my favorite news story on this list, mostly because, uh, as we have our slow march towards the one corporation future that awaits us all, um, in the meantime, there will be acquisitions through that time that are either shocking, scary, or just plain funny. And, uh, (laughs) 
I will personally admit, Hasbro somehow acquiring Death Row Records is maybe my favorite one of those. In, <laughs> in a minute. That is interesting. Yeah, they basically, uh, Hasbro bought out, like, uh, I think it was uh, E1 Entertainment, which was a Canadian holding company that happened to also be in possession of Death Row Records. And so now the Mr. Potato Head people are now the sole proprietors of the entire catalog of Suge Knight, Biggie Smalls, and Tupac, and Snoop Dogg. Seems appropriate. I guess it does. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's, uh... That's a funny little thing. Uh, they also acquired uh, all of uh, Joe Budden's catalog as well, which I thought was funny for him to break on the news on his own podcast. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, so now, I think it's probably about time for Series Spotlight. Zach, do you have any series to highlight? Something for people to keep an eye out for. Um, the Righteous Gemstones is a, um, a really funny show. Uh, keep your HBO subscriptions. Um, <laughs> Don't cancel them now. Yeah, so keep keep them up. Um, let me, Plus, they haven't announced that new, uh, that new Game of Thrones show yet, so you got to yeah. see it. Um, in addition, this show is having its final season uh, coming out this year. Um, it's one of my favorites. It's The Good Place on NBC. Um, it's the only, like, basic cable television show to like actually get any critical place uh praise or anything is like all the other you know best comedy shows are on like hbo or netflix or whatever but the good place is great uh they're having their fourth and final season uh coming out soon they're ending it on their own because the story is kind of reaching that natural resolution which i love so um, definitely check that out if you haven't. I'm sure you've, I'm sure most people have, but um, definitely check that out. It's it lives up to the hype. Okay then. Uh, I have two of my own here. Uh, one is uh, Carol and Tuesday on Netflix. Okay. Uh, it is an animated show by the uh, the creator of Cowboy Bebop and. Uh, he, uh, this is probably my favorite thing he has done since Cowboy Bebop. He has done other shows in the meantime, like, uh, Samurai Champloo and, uh, Space Dandy. But, uh, this show, very specifically, so, do you remember the short-lived, uh, Netflix, uh, not Netflix, um, the short-lived, uh, sitcom Two Broke Girls? I think that was... I think that had a couple of seasons to it. Um, but yeah, I do remember Two Broke Girls. So um, that, but also, but uh, instead of working as waitresses, they're musicians. Okay. And uh, also they are on Mars. Okay. All right. Uh, this, this basically takes place in the post-humanity-has-conquered-Mars type thing. Um, 
in terms of entertainment, most entertainment and music is written by AI now instead of uh, instead of humans. And in the meantime, there's these just uh, these two girls, uh, Carol and Tuesday, and uh, they're they just really love music and they write little songs and everything, and they uh, they want to just perform in front of people and stuff, and it's a very it's very heartwarming. It's very cute. Uh, the production side of it is very interesting because uh, it's weird because originally it's a it's uh, airing in Japan and. Um, oh, uh, Kate is showing me a picture of. Uh, is that White Josh? Mm-hmm. Uh, White Josh singing to Rachel. Uh, oh, right. Uh, so it's uh, it's very cute. Uh, so it is originally a Japanese show uh but most of the songs are in english uh and when they have there's a there's a dub track for the for the show as well it's not just natively in japanese um but the 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 songs they didn't change from their original versions there's also um there's a lady that does an entire uh like kind of pop rendition in french there's a guy that raps in latin okay okay <laughs> um let's see here and uh there's even a uh, there's also a uh ariana grande equivalent character that's a background character uh for the show as well and she has a kind of interesting arc uh about how she you know it's it's kind of that other side of the argument of uh of uh you know like the difference between a an artist and a performer and how I think I think there's legitimate arguments for for both sides of it, because yeah. like you know on the one hand I can totally see you just being passionate about your craft, but at the same time there is something to be said about even just the skill of being able to perfectly perform in front of a huge audience and stuff like that. Okay. So- oh yeah. それでは歌ってもらおう。曲はムーブンマウンテンズ。This is the Japanese dub. Everything is hard to do the first time. But if I fall, it'll make me stronger. I'll get up and try again. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a, uh, it's a, it's very heartwarming and it's very cute. It, its entire premise feels like it's just a case of, hey, do you love music? Because I really love music. <laughs> um, it's just very heartwarming. I like it a lot. Cool. Uh, Sweet man. Yeah. So I know you gotta get out of here. Thank you so much for your time today, sir. Oh yeah, I love this. Uh, we should. Definitely try to make this uh, more uh, frequent. <laughs> yes. Yes. And get our boy Brandon back in the mix if we can. Yeah, I think he's. I think he is dead currently, but we'll resurrect his corpse at some point. It's fine. We'll, we'll get him back. Okay. Well, hey. Thank. Thanks again. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. That's all I got. That's the wrong button. It's 
It's weird, is this the, like, opening theme song for, like, the podcast where it's just me talking, and now it's also made a good outro. That's good. (laughs) Thanks for your time, man. (laughs) Hey there! Do you enjoy the content that we produce? How about you head on down to patreon.com slash cofnetwork, a Patreon page specifically for helping out our podcast, Floating Upstream, along with our sister podcast, Alternative Input, where we discuss video games and other such video game-related news. If you enjoy what we produce and you want to be able to support, any support would be greatly appreciated because it'll help us get better equipment and put out more episodes more often. And I haven't even mentioned the best part, considering when you subscribe to the Patreon, you actually receive episodes ad-free and earlier than the free feeds. You also receive exclusive content, such as future episodes of our Alternative Input podcast, where we actually discuss video games in a more in-depth way one-on-one such as this four-and-a-half-hour podcast where my brother and I discuss everything involving the Metal Gear Solid series. So again, head on down to patreon.com slash cofnetwork.